Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Everybody, welcome into the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm half of your host team, Jason Tiffin, along with Tom Sims. Tom, are you there? Que pasa? Que pasa? What's up? What's up? What's up? Donut. <laughs> Donut. Mm. It's Swamp Week, baby. It is Swamp Week. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. I- I still wish Steve Irwin was around to uh, look at Swamp Week. We talked about that yesterday when he was at the, uh, <laughs> he was in that ESPN commercial getting on that elevator and that, the elevator opened up and the gator mascot was there. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. He said, she's for- a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, why, you know, why is it that when those, those kind of fringe people, they get, popular they die what was the guy that he he was just about man he would he had mainstreamed and he was kind of like he would have done flex seal if he was still alive he would have done flex seal and he was kind of that infomercial type guy yeah 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 yeah, and then he he died like his it freaked me out because he's on a plane that it's a rough landing the overhead bend drops down hits him in the head two 24 hours 48 hours later he's dead i'm like what this guy was, you know, he was a healthy individual. So, and same with Steve Irwin. But it, it is, you know, this is a lot more intimidating. It would have been a lot more intimidating if this podcast was around 1994 to 2001 with Steve Spurrier. And Florida's no pushover, but let's be honest, they're not near the, the fright that they used to be. I think Bama's now that team. And, you know, it cycles out. I remember we've talked about this before, you know, when watching USC under Pete Carroll, I'm like, man, why can't we be that team? And, dude, we are that team, and we have been that team. So And then some. Yeah, for sure. We have out, outmatched what they did. But it, it's a, it's an exciting week. Florida is a, definitely a formidable foe. And as you know, if you listen to our podcast leading up to this one, you know which way I lean. And I'm going to stick with what I – regardless of how I feel, I'm going to have to stick to the guns. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, I've got the commentary tonight, and oh, Tom, what I was gonna, what I was kind of teasing off, uh, off air is one reason I didn't see the the email come through my watch to that we were gonna podcast. I'm the proud owner, the proud pappy of nine golden doodle puppies. <laughs> yep. Nice. Prim Prim the went rich into get uh, richer. Yo, for sure. Uh, Prim went into labor yesterday morning around uh, probably, I don't know, 6 7 o'clock, and she finally popped one out about 11.40, and out came one, two, and three. They were kind of back to back to back, and then four took a little bit longer, then five, and then six, and 
And then I, I went on about my business, and my daughter would text me or call me, and she'd say, number seven, and then it'd be number eight. So after wow. eight, some of this, not to be too graphic, but at eight, this junk kind of came out with the puppy, like dark, you know, discharge. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably it. And Prim, she got up, and she afterburst in my floor. And then she walked about, I don't know, 15 steps and after birth again in my floor. I'm like, wonderful, Prim. So we take her outside and give her, I've got a cattle trough I bathe her in outside. So we got her all, because, you know, she's just disgustingly filthy. We got her all cleaned up. I mean, I'm talking 20 minutes worth of bath and drying off. She comes back in, drops number nine. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What a good girl. (laughs) Oh, I know, man. But, hey, all of them are, knock on wood, all of them are living right now. So... Sweet. Yeah, we're going to have an early Christmas if these sell for what they should. So if you're Send interested in... pictures. Hey, I'll do it. If you're interested in purchasing a Golden Doodle, seven or uh, seven of the nine are still available. And if you use the hashtag, I'm not targeting, you're targeting, we'll give you $100 off. At <laughs> <laughs> one time only. <laughs> <clears throat> you must say episode 3-7-Swamp Week and that will get you your discount. <laughs> so, hey, but like I told you off air, I'm like, I'm really excited about the commentary. And, you know, I had a little internet trouble yesterday. My internet just went on the fritz. So I'm definitely, what we're going to do with the commentary is definitely going to hinge on me having good internet. So we've had good internet so up to this point. But the commentary, I have five questions. And the first four are true or false. And so I'm going to let you respond to them. And then the fifth one is kind of it's a, what will, what is most likely to happen. So let's start it off. Let's jump right in. LSU, no, question number one, LSU is the worst team in the SEC West. True or false? This is not rhetorical. You need to answer. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking. I had them picked second to last, so it's not a stretch for me to say that. Uh, I will say, I will say true. I, I agree with you. I mean, you look down the the row, you know, we, we, you and I do that eliminator sheet, and I think I have them next week or the next beating. I've got them. I've got all four sheets at Mississippi State, and I'm just kind of like I've got to stick with it because what other game is LSU going to win? I don't have my helmet schedule, and I left it in there with the puppies. But they don't pull. It's not like they don't – they pull – you know, no, we know they pull Florida from the east – and I'm trying to think who else they pulled. They, they don't play pull. at Kentucky. Thank you. Okay. I knew it wasn't Vandy or Tennessee where they would, you know, definitely be favored. And they should beat Kentucky. But Kentucky is much better than what you're going to see out of Vandy, although Vandy did win this weekend. Congrats to the Commodores. But it's, they're, they're better than what you're going to see with Vandy and South Carolina and Tennessee. So, I, I – as much as I would like to put Auburn below them, as much as I'd like to put Mississippi State or Ole Miss, there's just, just no way. I agree. I'm, I'm in concurrence with you. LSU is the worst team in the SEC West. Yeah, my only decision there was, uh, you know, my preseason predictions had Auburn 7 and LSU 6. So, we hadn't seen Auburn play yet. So, I, you know, a, a legitimate opponent. No, yet, I 100% so. agree with so that. So, go ahead. So, that that was my only, only oh, yeah, question that's, mark. That's fine. All right, question number two, true or false? This podcast was ready to proclaim the Pac-12 as the second-best conference if Washington had beat Michigan. False. Really? Okay. Explain. Who Who would you still have the Big Ten at number two? I think so. Okay, um, now hang on. If, if Washington would have beaten Michigan, that would have been a head-to-head win over one of the – 
purported yeah, but, top teams in the SEC. Of course, we just said this the last <laughs> team in the West. But UCLA would have a solid win, and Oregon would have the best win, or the either the top win or the second best win, depending on how you view Clemson right now in the country. And then Washington would have beaten a, a decent to above average Michigan team. So you still got the Big Ten over them. Well. You're you're saying decent to above average Michigan. We don't know what Michigan is, and Washington had already lost to Montana in the opener. <laughs> so, if they beat Michigan, that only told me that both Washington and Michigan were trash. So that's the reason I leaned the other way. Um, you're you're correct. In UCLA and Oregon, uh, are are likely better. They've already shown they're better than probably. I don't know about the top two teams. I don't know if UCLA would go over and beat uh, Penn State or Wisconsin. I don't know. They'd be close mm-hmm. because we both just also agreed that LSU was the worst team in the West. So yeah, we can't. <laughs> so it's sort of beating here. It's close, but I don't. I don't think that would have put it over the edge to me just because it's too early. I still think Big Ten's deeper than than the Pac-12. And I, I think deeper is the key word because what USC got crushed by Stanford. Stanford's no good, and they're just they have a lot of question marks. But I thought it was interesting, true or false. I, I was going to see wh- which way you leaned. All right, question number three, true or false? The ACC is actually weaker than we thought they were this time last week. True. Uh. Florida State loses to Jacksonville State. Not that they were – not that we expected a lot out of Florida State, but Florida State uh, played with Notre Dame. You know, we, we come on here and, and made fun of Notre Dame for only squeaking by by three, but it was still the first game, so we didn't really know who was who. But uh, but Florida State losing to Jacksonville State was, was really bad. Miami almost lost to App State. Uh, Mama North, hangover. Yeah, that was the Bama hangover. <laughs> who who am I missing? NC State. We we oh, picked yeah, NC, NC State, State to be the sleeper, and they got crushed at Mississippi State. Yes, yes. I knew I was leaving out one, and the rest of them played no nobody. So they they did a a another poor outing. So agreed, one hundred percent there. True. All right, that uh leads me into number four, Florida State. Florida State, true or false? Florida State, like Nebraska, will never be a power again. Wow, never's a long time. That is a long time. <laughs> you know, in, in all of your testing, when you get into upper high school and college, if a multiple choice or true or false question says never or always, you always say false. So, but what's your what's your answer? I mean, from a practical standpoint, I'd say false. But I don't see any, I don't see any improvement over the last what three, four years. When Jimbo started tanking, because people can say what they want to that A and M, you know, stole him away or whatever. But Jimbo was going downhill at Florida State toward the end of his his tenure there as well. After he won the national championship there, he he was on a downhill slide. So. Since that time, they have continuously underperformed and and do not look to be getting any better. So for at least the foreseeable future, true, forever, just because I want to do good on college exams, false. Okay, fair enough. And, you know, with Florida State, okay, I, I almost lost my train of thought, but I picked it back up. What a save. 
Mike Norvell, he's the head coach at Florida State. Willie Taggart was the coach before Mike Norvell. Willie Taggart, very good success at Oregon. Comes to Florida State, can't get it done. Mike Norvell, arguably the hottest coach in that, that group of five, and Florida State nabs him up, and then he's not doing any – why Why do some coaches, why can they not get over the hump at a what would be considered a top 25 job? I don't – and I, that is kind of rhetorical that the listeners can answer at home. I don't, you know, that's 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 not an. I don't have an answer for that, and I think I think a coach that falls in there perfectly, and we shall see because he's going to get offers if he keeps winning, is uh, uh, Pittman from Arkansas. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I just I could not see him, just the the way, and this is sad to say, but you know, he's just a good old country boy, overweight and greasy, looked like he'd been bobbing for fried chicken on a Saturday morning. But he just put the whooping stick on Texas. Welcome to the SEC. I'm kind of, kind of SEC, uh, SEC. Both sides were screaming a, it. Yeah, I need to, I need to be quiet because I'm bleeding over our recap. So we'll cover that in a minute. But it is an interesting question why some coaches can just do. Uh, Tom Herman at Houston goes to Texas, flops. I, I don't get it. It's just there must be so much more to that P5, and not only P5, just that premier job, Texas. Top 10 job, whether you love them or hate them, agree with it, disagree with it, whatever, they're a top 10 job based on everything, their endowment, their facilities, their fan support, the, the money that they have available to them for facilities, their top 10 job, and just it hadn't clicked since Mac Brown. Last question of the commentary, I, this is my favorite one. Better, this is not true or false, better chance of happening, and you cannot straddle the fence here, Better chance of happening, Ohio State and Clemson both make the playoffs or Ohio State and Clemson both miss the playoffs? Both miss the playoffs. Nice. I like it. It's a no-brainer. And I I loved your tweet that you put out there, and you you nailed it, which was – I don't remember it verbatim, but basically two weeks into the season and and Clemson and Ohio State both are – one and done track now. Yeah, zero you, margin you know, of error. That's right. So uh, I love that, and that's awesome. And there's, uh, yeah, much better probability that that at least one of them uh, get a loss than neither of them get a loss. So uh, I definitely think it's more likely that both miss the playoffs. Yeah. I think the easy answer is you split. I mean, right now – Bama and Georgia, the SEC is key because if Bama and Georgia go to Atlanta with zero losses, if, if both teams are 12-0, and 0, and that, I, there's no guarantee that both teams are going to be 12-0. and 0. There's a lot more likelihood that b- both teams will go in there 11-1 and 1 than 12-0. and 0. But if we both go in there 12-0, and 0, there's, two, there's two spots taken up. Okay? That's right. Then you've got Oregon and Oklahoma. If either one of them has a loss and wins their conference, they're in. So that only leaves one spot. For for Clemson and or Ohio State, so I you know the easy answer. And it's, yeah, and it's likely that Oregon and or Oklahoma, based on two week sample size, either one of them have a maximum of one loss themselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's so just, I mean, it, it could be conceivable that both of them get in in the other two spots. If 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 Oklahoma, Oregon, Ohio State, and Clemson all end the season with one loss, I know. I know convention that you keep talking about uh, previously that Clemson's proven themselves and they they sort of get that by, but and they still might based on Georgia's 
you know, record from here on out too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it would be tough. Two weeks in, I, the nod goes the other Well, you know, I say the nod. Heck, I, I sat here last week and talked about how pitiful Oklahoma looked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Oklahoma needs to run the table. But Oregon definitely has the benefit of the doubt now with the win over Ohio oh, State. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Ohio State has to not only hope Oregon loses one, they've got to have them lose two and not win the conference championship because I'm telling you, it would be hard for me as a voter – even with a two-loss Oregon over a one-loss Ohio State, it'd be hard for me that you got head-to-head, and you've got at Ohio State, and Ohio State's defense just was – they're ungood, man. And that that goes to show you – I know we need to get into the meat of the program, but I want to say this about Ohio State. And I think Ryan Day is a very good coach. I, he was a big question mark to me last year or whenever his first year was because I felt like – that he might be in over his head. Apparently he is not. But I think it goes to show you there are only so many Nick Sabans and Urban Myers out there. And I know Urban Meyer cannot sustain a program, but by gosh, he can win you a national title. He can. But and to, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no I, that was that was. I was. Well, I was you, a, you mentioned you had mentioned that you know the head to head thing, and and Lord, do I, I wish that's true. And maybe maybe it is true in some respects when you get to the playoff committee. But by gosh, you certainly can't depend on the AP poll because that reminded me I was looking at it and. North Carolina's ranked ahead of Virginia Tech two weeks in the season. <laughs> USC is ranked ahead of Stanford two weeks in the season. Texas is ranked ahead of Arkansas two weeks in the season. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, somebody And somebody said that Kentucky should be ranked over Auburn. Kentucky's played probably two better teams. I don't even know who Kentucky's played. but Well, yeah. they played Missouri. They played a yeah. conference foe. You know? That's right. That's right. And, no, Kentucky's look good. I well, agree with that. Our recap might be short and sweet because I have bled into two of our topics. So let's start the one I hadn't I hadn't uh, walked all over yet. Bama Mercer. I'll start this one off because uh, I've already screwed the other two up. But Bama Mercer, sluggish uh, start, very little motivation. You know, I think we're upset. I know that the chit chat boards are upset today. No leadership. We we lost too much leadership. We're not going to win this year, and we might not win this year. And leaders might not develop. Because in 2010, I think we had some leaders in 2010. We just had too many injuries. But last season, we didn't play a Mercer. Last season was 10 conference games. And even though we knew we were better than Arkansas, we're better than Mississippi State, we're better than – well, it turned out that we're better than everybody on our schedule. But we didn't know it at the time because we were still growing. You know, we did not – I can't imagine in practice that we could ever let our guard down. And let's be honest, man, it's Mercer. We're not going to lose. Nick Saban's Alabama is not going to lose to Mercer. Now, Mike Shula's Alabama might have lost to Mercer, or Mike Price's Alabama, if we'd ever got to see him coach one game, might have lost to Mercer. But we know this, and it's human nature, and I know Saban gets on them and stays on them, but it just we're not going to have that intensity, especially after opening up. I I feel like if we open up with Akron – like Auburn did, I'm just throwing a random team out there, Middle Tennessee State, if we open them. I think we get a different effort out of the Mercer game. But, you know, Miami was highly ranked, and Derek King, I'm sure the players heard a lot about him. And we put a lot of eggs in that basket, and when we came out on top and we played really well, it's hard not to read your press clippings. But it's I wish we would go to – 
conference-only schedule every year. I like that. I love that condensed 10-game schedule. And I don't like the NFL. I have been very adamant about that on this podcast. But i tell you what I do love about the NFL. Week one, you're not ready, tough luck. You're playing a divisional opponent. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I like that too. And, and, and you're right. In years past when we have looked good early in the season against uh, some of the weaker teams, one of the things that's a common thread there is a lot of positions are up for grab. You, you know, you had uh, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts and uh, who was the cat? He, he beat out Bar- Barnett? Or, Blake Barnett, yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they took that quarterback competition into a couple, two or three games. And, and so uh, they were playing for positions. You have running backs, defensive guys, receivers playing for positions. That There doesn't seem to be a lot of controversy over the best players at the positions, maybe with the exception of a couple of offensive line spots that, that seem to be swapping around a little bit. But uh, the – <clears throat> the receivers, the running back, quarterback, all all established. The defense, of course, is still, you know, they give up a couple of uh, uh, one really fluky pass and, and, and another drive that was really smattered with a bunch of uh, second, third teamers in there. But the defense is still solid. There's no question who the defensive starters are because they are – they are bad to the bone, brother. They're still – they give up 14, but that still comes in under my 16. 16 is the magic number. I'm going to harp on that all year long, and I hope that I, holds true. I thought of that. Yeah, I didn't know to the second half that Job Job was in sweatpants over there. And yeah. I, I think Daryl said that Jalen Armour Davis didn't play. If I don't know if he dressed or if he didn't play at all, didn't play much. But there's your two starting corners that, that played very little. One didn't even play, period. So – it's expected that you're going to give up some pass plays. I just, you know, 31 – last week we lost, what, number four, whatever number Chris Allen is. You know, we lost him for the year. This week we're playing that crappy team that cut blocks every freaking play. It's not an illegal block. It is not illegal. But it sucks. And 31 gets his knee blown up. I'm like, that's great. That's just yeah. great. I mean, he limps off. And luckily, based on what everybody's been saying, is he's he is okay – and he's probable for this weekend. I think if Saban had to put, like the NFL has the the out, doubtful, uh, what's the middle one? Questionable. What's the 50-50? Questionable and then probable and then in. So that, that's their, kind of their 25, 50, 75, 0, or 100. I think he would be listed as probable, questionable today, probably probable tomorrow. So I, do, I don't think we lost him for the year. But just I hate playing those teams, man. There's nothing to gain. And and one last thing, closing this out, you know, Skarbinski and some of the other Alabama beat writers or former beat writers, we ought to keep that money in state. You know, why? Cause there's plenty of teams in state. Bama could play and keep that money in state. To put, you're paying these teams to beat them. Jacksonville State is why you don't play in state teams. That's exactly <laughs> right. You have everything to lose and nothing to win. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ohio State, Oregon. I, my first note was there's only so many Sabrins or Myers out there, so I've already blown that that out of the water. So go ahead and start us off on Ohio State, Oregon. Well, I don't think there was any real doubt in this game as far as who the better team was. Oregon picked up where Alabama left off last year. They had their way with Ohio State defensively. They just uh, run up and down the field on them. I I didn't write down how many yards rushing they had, but it was a bunch. 
And uh, they, I did notice that Ohio State, which was a weird stat, and, and if you want to call it a stat, I went back and looked back through the uh, game summary. Ohio State turned the ball over three times on downs. Yeah. I, th- I think they were at Oregon's 39, they're 31, and then the last time they were down there close to the 20-yard line when they were down seven late and went for it on fourth and two. But they, they come up empty three different times on downs, and that's probably the difference in the ball game there. But uh, but they had, no, they had no answer for Oregon's offense. And mm-hmm. I don't think that coming into this season, and they may evolve to it, but coming into this season, nobody was sitting there saying this is your your Oregon team from 10 years ago that nobody can stop and they're going to throw up 1,000 yards of offense a game. That's not this team. But but surprisingly, they come up there, like I said, had their way with Ohio State, which, uh, which proved a lot as, as far as Ohio State's defense and what they've got to do the rest of the year because it's not going to take a great offense to move the ball on them. Now, you still got to play defense, and I don't think Oregon was great defensively. I think Ohio State had some bad breaks. Like I said, those those uh, three turnovers on downs after driving into their territory and, of course, the late interception. I don't know if they had another turnover. I don't remember. So they moved the ball as well, but uh, neither one of those teams are going to – in my opinion, get to the championship game, even if they can get to the playoffs without turning their defenses up a notch. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to, you know, this time last week we said who was the most the second most impressive team outside of Bama, and we kind of defaulted with Oklahoma winning against Tulane by five and all the other stuff that happened we won't rehash. We kind of uh, settled on Ohio State, but, you know, they were losing at halftime. Minnesota was playing really well. They lost uh, – what's his name? You know his name? Abraham. Yeah. yeah. They lost him, or Minnesota very well might have beaten them. The, it's, it's amazing that the defense – and, dude, they're stacked with stars. I mean, they, they have recruited as well as anybody, us in Georgia. You throw those three teams in a hat, and I'll take any one of those rosters. And they just can't put it together on the field for whatever reason, which kind of brings it back to there's only so many Sabans, there's only so many Myers out there. But, you know, Oregon has a crystal ball, and that might be the guy that gets to tell Alabama yes or no when Saban retires. I think a lot of Bama – I know a lot of Bama fans, not that we have anything to do with the hiring and firing, but a lot of Bama fans are impressed with crystal ball. He's – a Miami kid, you know, he played on the 89 and 91 teams that won national titles at Miami. I think he played 92 where we beat him, if I'm not mistaken. But he's, you know, he's an old school lineman, offensive lineman, and he plays the kind of hard-nosed ball. You know, he's taking that SEC brand of football that he learned at Alabama, and he's taken out there to Oregon to a certain extent. And I think it's going to show this year. So, you know, the biggest indictment, I think, of Ohio State is – Oregon, I, I didn't know. I was watching the game. I'm like, man, what number is Thibodeau? Because I was flipping the volume back and forth between that and the Tennessee game. And I'm like, is he number one? I couldn't find him. Dude's in civilian clothes over there. Mm-hmm. He didn't even play. The second best defensive player after game one didn't even play. They're missing their top two defenders. Now, I think they did give up 600-something yards, but the bottom line is – their yeah, scoring, that could have easily been 550. Yeah, well, their scoring defense <laughs> was very good because they won the ball game. They 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 scored more points than they allowed, so that's always good. But it's uh you know it's it's good to see. And I was listening to a talk show this morning, 
And they are kind of in agreement with us that it's, it's refreshing to see Clemson and Oregon, I'm sorry, Clemson and Ohio State, you know, right, kind of right now on the outside looking in. It, it is exciting for other teams. Of course, we don't want that to happen to us. We don't want to make it three weeks in a row where <laughs> a playoff, a team that everybody had all but Sharpie markered in a playoff slot loses, and that could be us this week. But we'll get to that shortly. Last game we covered last week was Texas-Arkansas, and uh, again, I spoiled it. Welcome to the SEC, Texas. I don't know if you saw the SEC shorts today. It was fantastic. I did not. not. Yeah, you need to look it up. It is it's wonderful. But uh, all I've got written down is Arkansas is a dangerous team this year. That one running back that basically drug a Texas defender in from the seven-yard line. Dude's 6'2", 235. <laughs> I mean, hello. You know, yeah. we're going to have to – we're going to stra- uh, buckle up the chin strap when we play them. I still like us in that game. But they are – they're not – two years ago they were 0-8 in conference. Pittman went 4-6 and six last year. If you count the game, he was cheated out of at Auburn. If you don't count that game, he was 3-7. and seven. We count So, it. well, I'm going to count it. He was 4-6. and six. So, and like I wrote this down and kind of alluded to it earlier, Pittman is good where he's at. If he stays at Arkansas, if, if he is, continues to be successful, Arkansas needs to throw every bit of money they can to keep him because not everybody can win at Arkansas, as has been proven since Petrino left, and they need to hold on to him. Yeah, agreed. Arkansas is now ranked for the first time since 2016. <laughs> and it's even more impressive because – I think in – I don't know if it was 17 or 18 that kicked off their Ofer years. You know, they went Ofer in the SEC for at, at least two and possibly three years in a row. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly. Yeah. They were and, they were the gimme pick in the the eliminator. That's right. And so uh, they, they, they have definitely stepped it up. They won every category Saturday. They outrushed them. They outpassed them. They played better defense. It was a total and complete domination. And one of the things that I noticed that we were missing this year so far in the in the entire college football realm is we've had some surprise games, and, and you might say this is a surprise. I think you and I both were leaning towards picking them in this game in our preseason predictions. I don't know if we actually pulled the trigger, but uh, we were we – were, or at least I was big on Arkansas for sure. I didn't have them finishing oh, in, the, yeah. in the cellar in the West, so I knew they would be improved. But but throughout the first couple of weeks of the uh, college football season, we hadn't had a lot of thriller games. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think there was one last-second field goal game that I can remember. I don't I don't remember. Well, this week you had South Carolina, East Carolina, where South Carolina got down 14 nothing, and then scored 17 unanswered. With the 17th point coming, uh, basically his time expired. I don't count the G5 schools. <laughs> uh, you but elitist, the, you. <laughs> I am. I mean, to me, the most probably the most thrilling ending of the weekend was when that cat fell down off the stadium in Miami. <laughs> How does a cat get in the stadium? Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, kudos to him for keeping his nine lives intact. <laughs> no doubt, man. And how uh, how ironic that he's caught in an American flag on nine eleven. No doubt, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was wonderful, actually. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, they barstool is Johnny on Cats it. Cats will do anything to get some get on social media. Well, they, I'm sure that was a play of the game for on Sports Center. But you know, uh, barstool is so on top of all that stuff. I mean, a block punt happens, and barstool has it on their Twitter feed within minutes. And so they're showing this cat. I'm like, what game is this? What co- First off, I said, what country is this? I'm like, there's no way this happened in America. And sure enough, it didn't. It happened in Miami. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy to- enough that the cat got into the stadium, but somehow it made its way to the upper deck. <laughs> I know. Hey, and I watched the, the, I watched the long version today when they got the cat. The dude held up the cat like Simba, and the cat wore his butt out. I saw that. <laughs> He was not going to be made a mockery of. <laughs> he hated that movie. <laughs> uh, let's let's close this out and get to the games of the week. My favorite part of the whole thing with Arkansas, um, yeah, Arkansas and Texas is this. So before Texas and Oklahoma agreed to become the 15th and 16th members of the SEC this year, the Big 12 put out a press release or, or whatever, kind of some kind of release that from now on, Horns down is going to be a taunting penalty or some type of penalty. I think it was taunting. Horns down by the opposing team is going to be a taunting penalty. Penal, I guess the penalty would have been 15 yards. And <laughs> uh, Arkansas had horns down on their video board. <laughs> so, you know, Texas, I, I, I can agree and I understand that you ran the Big 12. But listen, you're going to be one of 16 in the SEC. So it was, it was awesome that, that Arkansas, that though the, they, on the video board it would be horns up and they'd rotate them to horns down. It was a, it was a thing of beauty. <laughs> All right, games of the week. We're going to cover two games as we talked about off air. Really the only two good games. And like I, like I said, if Mark Rick was still at Georgia – Ooh, Georgia and South Carolina would be a barn burner, but Kirby <laughs> has, has, is handling his business over there. And, look, I want so bad to start the Auburn-Penn State. I'm going to let you have the Bama-Florida, so I'm going to let you open up with that one. All right. Well, there. <clears throat> I, know, I know you're leaning Florida from your preseason pick and, and whatnot, but Bama opened up as a 15-point favorite in this game, <laughs> about where I thought it would be. Wrong team favorite. I, <laughs> I, I guess me and my buddy Terry were out here watching uh, Mac and Tua go head-to-head yesterday, by the way. That was pretty sweet. But uh, but we were watching it when the lines come out, and, and I, I predicted 13.5, come out 15, which I was pleasantly surprised over. But, but these two teams so far this year, uh, well, Florida in particular – they're very similar to, to Auburn, who we're going to talk about next, in that they haven't really played a quality opponent yet, in my opinion. They've, they've had FAU, and who was the other team they played? Um, South Florida. Florida. Florida played South Florida. Oh, so they played two Florida, FAU yeah. and South Florida. Yeah, okay, and so. it was at South Florida. To their credit, they traveled to South Florida, probably one of those two-for-one deals, which is not bad if you can get it. Mm-hmm. So oh, well, f- football, never mind. 
<laughs> so, so it's a little bit suspect on what they actually can do, but I'm going to tell you what, I am impressed with that Anthony Richardson, who Mullen is adamant is not their starting quarterback. All he did was uh, touch the ball three times in the passing game Saturday and went three for three, 152 yards and two touchdowns. He only touched the ball four times on the ground for 115 yards and a touchdown. So seven touches, he had 367 and three touchdowns. But no, he's not the starter. The other guy that keeps throwing the interceptions, that's your (laughs) starter. I'm the quarterback whisperer. I know who's the starter. Don't get me started on Mullen. But anyway... I looked at it, Florida's averaging 610 yards per game against less than stellar competition. Bama's at 462 yards per game with one less than stellar competition. Now, what I, the only reason I mentioned that is because I found an interesting stat. When I saw that, I was like, hmm, you know, I forgot we had just played Florida in the SEC championship game last year. Let me see how, the, how that game stacked out just stat-wise. Well, Florida's averaging 610 yards per game this year. Bama put up 605 yards in last year's game. Wow. Bama is is, uh, scoring 462 yards per game this year. Florida had 462 yards in last game. So that that was an interesting – it means absolutely nothing for Saturday's game. But I thought it was an interesting, almost direct anti-correlation of how they've been uh, playing. So this game is going to go under, in my opinion, again, because Bama's defense is good. Well, they're elite. I'll just go ahead and say that. Now, they're not going to keep Florida off the board because of Anthony Richardson's going to get – if he gets more than six touches, we're in a lot of trouble. But I'm <laughs> I'm sticking with Mullen that he's not going to start him. He's going to keep him on the bench for the most of the game. So, as long as we can keep him under six touches, we should be in good shape. But I do expect this to be a lower-scoring Florida team than they have been, which is obvious, but Alabama will likely score less than they did it. No, they won't. They'll score more than they did at Mercer. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. But uh, I, I do think that it could be an entertaining game, and it, and it would be one of those games where if Alabama plays like they do at Mercer, they absolutely can lose this game. And going on the road to the Swamp, it is not going to be an easy chore. It's going to be loud, 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 loud. And uh, Bryce is going to have to bring his first – game on the road and 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 play like he's capable of it but you make a couple of mistakes down there that crowd gets in it and uh florida starts spinning the ball around the field could be in for a long day i do i do think that this will be a lower scoring game the over under is only like at 58 so this is going to be yeah it's it's it, there this thing people are going to be betting the over right and yeah, left i mean last are. year's game scored what over a hundred so this is going to be a surprising lower scoring game i'm really thinking something like 34 to 20 something like that okay well i'll uh i'll take it 34 to 20 that means uh florida covers which is probably gonna be my bet not you still surprising got me? Okay, I, I didn't you. know. I, I didn't know if you had me or not. Well, and I, I'm going to just touch on what you said with Richardson. He does appear. I've not watched one play of Florida to my knowledge, and but he does appear to be very good. However, I heard that a couple of things. I heard he had injured his hamstring this week on on one of his runs, so he's not going to be at 100. percent Not saying he's not going to play, but he's not going to be at 100. percent 
And I also heard that if they put Richardson out there, their playbook goes to, you know, from Emory Jones, let's say he runs 85% of Mullins' playbook. You put Richardson out there, it goes down to probably 25 to 30% of his playbook. And that is why they feel like they can't start Richardson and play him significant amount of time because they're gonna have, he's going to have to be a niche player because of his knowledge of the playbook. And that is the, the main reason I have Alabama losing this is because this is Bryce Young's first true road game. And they touched on it yesterday in the Dolphins and Patriots game. You know, Tua is not a, a rookie anymore. He's a second-year player. But they said this is Tua's first road game because last year he didn't face any crowds. NFL was shut down for the most part. I think some stadiums might have had the the joke of, uh, you know, two, two, play, two people, then six vacant seats and two more people. I'm sure your southern cities might have had that. But in some cases he was playing in absolutely empty stadiums and he had to handle that the crowd noise. And that's the same thing with Bryce is last year, even though he did get some mop-up duty, he was on the sidelines. Even when he didn't get mop-up duty, he was on the sidelines for all the games. There was no crowd noise. I mean, I was at the Notre Dame game. You can only get so – 20,000 people can only get so loud. And I've got Florida winning the turnover battle and upsetting us. The reason I'm not too upset about this is because, I, as I said when I broke down the West – if we lose this game, there's a great chance of win. Vegas, you know, 15.5 is a, a surprising number. I guess Daryl called me, told me the lines were out. I said, what's Florida Bama? I said, 8.5. He started laughing. He said, 15.5. I'm like, wow, that, that tells me a lot, and it tells you a lot. What would have been the worst number for us to have been favored by, Tom? Ten. Ten, no doubt. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick that Florida beats us, and back to circling back to why is because why I don't care about this game is because I think the crowd noise, the adversity that will come out of this game is going to springboard us into the rest of our season, specifically A&M, which got a lot easier after their quarterback got injured, and I think he's out till probably at least we play, if not after. LSU is just in shambles. You know, one of their running backs is, was declared ineligible today because he was enrolled in the wrong class. Like, <laughs> how, that's terrible. I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings because it's LSU, but, like, that's pitiful, man. How can you not take care of your athletes as an athletic department better than that? No kidding. So, we dodge Georgia. We do pick up Florida. Tennessee, is they're not – they're ungood. I mean, they blocked the punt. They had all the momentum in the world, couldn't capitalize on it. Mixon has never seen a wide receiver he doesn't enjoy overthrowing. So, I, I think the loss to Florida only is a hiccup. But then what that makes us do, it makes us defeat Georgia and Atlanta, which is going to be a tall order, Nordberg. But I, I like our chances. So, we're split on that game. Let's see how we are on Auburn-Penn State. All right, Auburn-Penn State. I want, you to, I want you to listen. This is going to get a little wordy, but I want you to listen and see if this, any of this sounds familiar, Tom. Fire coach after season. Number two, you hire a coach that Bama fans make fun of. Number three, Bama fans say that the best this coach could do, being a new coach at Auburn, is six and six. Number four, Auburn wins early. Number five, and this is where we are right here, Tom. We're at number five right now. Auburn faces first true test of the year. This is where we're at. They're facing Penn State. Number six, Auburn wins pivotal game, thus putting them on a roll. Number seven, Bama travels to Jordan-Hare with the Boogs ranked and all leathered up. 
Bama loses inexplicably to an under-talented Auburn team. Auburn throws the bank at new coach, even though he's still unproven in most eyes. Does that sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. Well, I hate to say it, but if Auburn wins this weekend, I put this out on Facebook today, and somebody, a Clemson buddy of mine that's a Clemson fan, thought I was uh, trolling him, and I'm not, dude. And I, I do, I am obsessed. I do fear, I hate that game. I, every time, like, when when 31 went out, I'm like, oh, great. Uh, he, you know, he, will, will he be back for Auburn? That was my first thought, can he be back for Auburn? Because I just I, I want that game worse than any. You know, Auburn, I still say it. I'll say this 50 years from now if I'm still alive. Tua Tungavaloa, best quarterback to come through Alabama at the time, Auburn had to face him exactly one time. And he hung 50, 52, 56 on them, 52 on them. Because Saban is bound to determine never to break that 55 points scored against Auburn. So – it's just their luck that the best defensive player, probably the second best defensive player in the country behind Kayvon Thibodeau, and will guaranteed be the considered the best defensive player in the country next year as a junior. It's, it's just dumb luck that Auburn wouldn't have to face him. But I, I'm telling you, if Auburn beats Penn State, dude, I feel that run coming on, and it will be a dogfight down there. They're going to roll into, you know, all of a sudden – I had them losing LSU. That game looks very, very winnable, even though it's at Death Valley. A&M is going to be a toss-up. You know, Auburn is looking at – I had them at 7-5 and five legitimately, crimson-colored glasses off. Dude, If they, I'd take 7-5 and five in a heartbeat. I'd take 8-4 and four right now. I, I think they're going to be better than that. And I think they beat Penn State. I think the wrong team is favored, 6.5 points. It's just going to be interesting. The only thing that gives me hope is Bo Nix has been awful away from Jordan-Hare. Auburn has not played anybody yet, but man, this is the team that always does it. New coach, uh, look at their start. They're starting 22, or probably, I'm going to say they're starting 22 average 3.5 years of college, meaning they've got tons of juniors and seniors. And for every sophomore they have on the that starts, they've got a fifth year senior starting opposite him to raise that average, probably the three and a half years of college. So this one, this one scares me. I don't know a whole lot about Penn State. I know they, them and Wisconsin played each other to a good old-fashioned 16-10 to 10 slobber-knocking 1972 game. And then I think Penn State won pretty handily this week. But, you know, Auburn's not playing anybody, but they have, they've scored 60 back-to-back games, and that is uh, – I can't do that on Tech Mobile. Good Lord, is this a Bama podcast or what? War Eagle, War Eagle, Paul. <laughs> First we lose to Florida. Next, Auburn's going to beat us. I mean, you're looking way down the road. Boy, it's, it's, <laughs> man, I had to shake myself awake there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with the wrong team favored. I think the game is probably about right, but it has opened up at seven and dropped to six. So there's either a lot of Vegas action on Auburn, or there's a lot of sharp money on Auburn. One to make that line drop there for uh, a full point from the opener, but uh, the the this game's going to come down to running the ball and stopping the run. And so far, Auburn has been very very effective in running the ball, but they've played Acorn and Alabama State, and they have rushed for over 300 yards per game in both those games, but. Again, you just don't know yet. 
you just absolutely don't know. Now, one thing we do know is that Penn State has had a little tougher competition here. They have played Wisconsin. They held them to 3.1 yards per game or per uh, carry. And if you do that against Wisconsin, and if you look back at those stats in the Penn State-Wisconsin game, Wisconsin is going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball, and when you're stopping the run, they're going to run it some more. And when they've just exhausted all their options of running the ball, they're going to run it again. They carried the ball 58 times in that game. <laughs> 58! <laughs> uh, but, but Penn State held them to 3.1 yards uh, per carry. They did the same thing last week against a lesser team in Ball State, held them under three yards per carry. So the Penn State defense versus the Auburn running game is going to be the key. Penn State's offense is, uh, you know, a, a fairly well-balanced offense, but there, there are no superstars over there per se. They're not lighting up the scoreboard. They're just playing hard-nosed football, trying to get first downs, grind out drives, get it in the end zone. But uh, that that game's going to come down to whether or not Penn State can stop the running game of Auburn. Because if they can stop the running game, like you said, they're going to have to force Bo Nix to do something on the road that he's not comfortable in doing, and that's winning. So, (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I, I, I like Penn State in that game. Okay, well, and I I know people are like, oh, he's just it's reverse jinx. It, it really isn't, you know. I as soon as as Auburn, I, I've i very watched very little of Auburn this year, but I flipped it over there other day, and uh, Alabama State's lining up for a field goal, and guess what happened, Tom? You're never gonna guess. Not only did Auburn block it, it took a basketball bounce into a waiting Auburn's defender's arms, and he runs seventy some odd yards for a touchdown. And instead of it being thirteen to three, which Wow, three points, but still, instead of thirteen to three, it's twenty to nothing. You know the and that game. Was, that was the late second quarter too. It really was. I mean, they, I was, it was three nothing, and Auburn got down there inside the ten, and I was like, oh, here comes, here comes a touchdown. I don't, I don't even want to watch it. And I look the next time the the score flips are, uh, up on the the bottom line, it's six nothing. I'm like, well, they held them to a field goal, so I don't know. I, I just I'm hoping against hope that Penn State gets them, but if they don't, watch out. All right. I was hoping you'd chime in there for a little closure, but eh, it's all good. It's all good. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, we know you had a good time. <laughs> I used that one today, by the way. All right, let's recap the bets. I was so sure of myself uh, that I went one and one. I did have Mississippi State at plus two, plus three, whatever the line settled at. I'm not a I'm not a believer in the ACC. They're trash outside of Clemson. Hopefully they'll be trash with Clemson eventually settling back down to what Clemson should be. So I hit that bet. Colorado State not so much. Vanderbilt. Congrats to the Commodores getting the big dub against Colorado State. So I went one and one. Yeah, I liked your Mississippi State game last week. That was my third pick. That if I'd uh, got a repeat, so. Kudos on that one, but I I come out of the gates on fire with Arkansas. That was that was easy. I mean, the wrong team was favored for sure. I did take a a loss, my first loss of the year. I can't believe that. It sounds so weird to say. First loss of the year, Iowa State. That was my playoff team, and they got hammered. Apparently, I was thinking I, I should have been thinking Iowa is my playoff team and not Iowa State because Iowa looks good now. So that one didn't <laughs> come through. So both of us won and won there on the weekend. You know, if Iowa State would have won, boy, the Big Ten would have really taken a black eye uh, Saturday. You know, Iowa kind of saved them from that because Iowa State's Big Twelve and. 
and that was a big uh, chip in the purse for for the Big Ten winning that one. <laughs> All right, bets this week. Uh, go ahead and take the first game. Who you got? Under in the Bama-Florida game. That's a crazy 58. It actually opened up at 54 and immediately jumped to 58. So everybody's hammering that over, still at 58. That's a, that, that one's going under. Chalk it up. Man, I, I, I'm like, I'm with the public here. I'm going over 58 if I bet it, which I, means I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, I'm going to also stick with Florida game. I'm taking Florida plus 15 and a half, man. I think that's too many. I, I'm going to stick with the prediction Florida gets us, but if we win, I don't think we get outside that number. But that is a puzzling number, to be to be honest, because, you know, they always say give three points for home field. So if you move the game to Tuscaloosa, that would be considered a six-point swing, losing three at Florida field, getting three at Bryant-Denny. That line goes to 21 and a half if it's at Tuscaloosa. So I don't know. You know, Vegas knows more than, than us for sure, as we prove time and time again. But give me Florida plus the points. All right. My last one, I'm probably taking a sucker bet here. Uh, but I, I couldn't I couldn't find any other way around it. I'm I know which go... one you're taking. I know what you're taking. It is my second game. But go ahead and take it. All right. Well, do you tell me you want to guess it? Uh, I think it involves Tulane and Ole Miss. No, no. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, I'm taking Stanford minus the 11 on the road at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's coming off that win, but good Lord, man. They're coming off a win against Colorado State. Colorado State is trash. They're 0-2. Vanderbilt lost 23-3 to East Tennessee State in week one. Stanford's just coming off a double-digit win over USC. So I don't. I just. That's why it feels like such a sucker bet. But I'm going to be the sucker this week because I Vanderbilt is not going to string together two in a row, and I don't. I don't see them keeping it close with Stanford. Yeah, not not a bad pick. Uh, I'm I'm going Tulane Ole Miss over seventy three ish. I don't know exactly what the line was. It was a uh, seventy three, seventy four and a half, whatever. But dude, that that is going to shatter the over. One team might take care of that. So over Tulane, Ole Miss. So in, in summation, Bama, Florida under, Stanford minus 11, Florida plus 15 and a half. Over the Ole Miss Tulane game, that's going to get you 10 to 1 at your local book. Nice. All right. So we are, man, we have hit this right at an hour. Now I've gotten positive reviews. A lot of people say they like the, the little bit longer podcast that if they're mowing the grass or they're. You know, on the exercise bike or something other, the little, the 20, 25 minute podcast is not getting it done. So, man, we're right in the sweet spot again this week. So, we're going to close it out. Tom, we traveled to Florida this week, as you know, and we did the obscure illegalities since uh, that was my dryer going off, by the way. <laughs> I thought you were introducing sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tori and Sophie, for always turning that knob to buzzer ringing because I always keep it off. <laughs> But, you know, we did the, the obscure... We got puppies illeg- sleeping for Pete's sake. Yeah, I know. Come on. The the obscure illegalities in different states we did when it comes to gambling because all of our picks, of course, are for entertainment purposes only. But if you're going to Florida this week and you're a woman and you're using beauty tools while you're in the tub, don't electrocute yourself because you can and will be fined post-mortem. That is the truth. That is true. Tom, last thing, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll tide. Take it easy, guys. Have you seen Junior's grades? 